Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the second part of the Full and Focus Q&A with Ray Houghton. If you haven't heard the first part yet, probably a good idea to listen to that first, just so it makes a bit more sense. You can find this along with all our other Q&As on our website, fullandfocus.com. For everybody else, welcome back. Really hope you enjoyed the first part. We're going to continue where we left off in part one, with me asking Ray about that famous frustrating day in Derby. Really hope you enjoy it. Yeah, and, and in the end, it um, it come back to bite you on the bum, didn't it? That that derby game. Well, it did. I mean, I mean, it was all. I mean, that was one of the most intimidating games I've ever played. You know, coming out for the warm up, and the derby fans were, you know, they obviously they needed a a, a result to stay in the division. Um, so it was very intimidating, and you could see at the end when the pitch was like seventy five fifty, you couldn't even see the the lines, you know, because the fans were coming on the side of the pitch and. You know, it just wouldn't happen today. That would not happen today. The players would have been brought off, pitch would have been cleared, and you know, you just would have got to that uh, to that end, if you like. But uh, it was tough, you know, because um, you know, I think we just ran out of legs, to be honest. In the end, um, we just didn't have enough to, to to get to where we wanted to go. Well, yeah, it wasn't just the derby game. The, the, it was like the the build up, the running towards the derby game. You sort of you run out of steam. Yeah, I think we lost the letter, didn't we? Quite near the end. I think that was a massive game. Um, did we lose one nil? I mean, that long ago. I think it was one nil. We can check that. I think it was one nil. We lost the letter, and that was massive because I think if we had drawn that game or beat them, that would have been it. You know, we would have been definitely uh, uh, promoted that season. So that was a, that was a crucial game for us. And then, like, can happen. You know, you get into that last game, and there's so much pressure on both teams, and you know, we just didn't do enough in that match. Do you think? Oh, I mean, obviously, it's, it's different for you because you went on to have a, a successful career playing at the top with Liverpool, winning trophies. But I spoke to Robert Wilson, and 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 he said it. They cost him his opportunity of playing in the top division. I mean. Have you ever forgiven Derby? You know, how do you feel about Derby now? Because he said he can't forgive him. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it, well, he, how can you blame just Derby? You know, that he's down to uh, the FA. I mean, we, we really should be looking at the FA. They were running, whoever ran the league at that time should never allow that to happen. For such an important game, not to have ground measures in place, enough police around, enough, you know, you know stewards around not to let that happen but it was the intimidation you know it was you know it was quite frightening even before we kicked the ball I you know the, before the game started I mean the fans were very intimidating towards the Fulham players you know, it, it was quite threatening at times it felt threatening you know yeah. it was a really un, uh, unnerving start um, and I think that might have affected some of the players um, what what people were turning around and saying you know then you had 42 games to get it right you know it wasn't just about one game you know you had other games that you could have done better than to get you in a better position but I remember Malcolm telling us um, ringing us up saying you know don't go on holiday don't book any holidays because we might get this game replayed um, because of the time issue we're still left in the match but we knew I knew that that's never going to happen well you say that but, but I was going to ask you do you think if if it had happened to Liverpool or Man United at the time, so, or maybe it had been a more important sort of more important trophy, or you know, the, the, it would have been the top division. 
do you think they would have taken it more seriously? Do you think they let it brushed it under the carpet because it was Fulham and it was yeah, the yeah. lower division? Some, there's some merit in that. I definitely think that. Yeah, I think you're quite right. If it was one of the big clubs of that time, you know, one of the bigger clubs of that time, who were in that situation, there's no doubt something might have happened. You don't know. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, you know, you can say, oh, this, this could have happened. But there's no doubt the bigger clubs get the bigger decisions. Something like that, that goes without saying. Um, and maybe it was, you know, because it was the last game, uh, you know, the powers that be thought, well, you know, it's only a little Fulham. Well, they're not going to do too much about it. No one's going to kick up too much of a fuss if it's not replayed and, and get on with it. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think we're clutching at straws because there was only a couple of minutes left and I think we had to turn it around and win, didn't we? Uh, that, that, it wasn't just the fact that there was a couple of minutes left. No, it was the, it was the ten or so minutes before that, the, the, the way it all started. That that had gone on beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the and the fans should never have been allowed to come on to the pitch at any stage. You know that just wouldn't happen today. No, it wouldn't. That that happens. You you just take the players off and you clear the clear the stands. You know that that's the difference. You know, so it wasn't just the fact that there was only three four minutes left. I've seen it on YouTube. My mum's made me watch it. You know, it was like compulsory. Oh, right. It was compulsory because she was there with my dad. And she, honestly, the amount of time she's told this story, and so she, I had to watch it, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Robert Wilson getting kicked when he take, took the throw on. I just, I, I just, yeah. yeah I, I, honestly, I was angry watching it, and I wasn't even, I wasn't even born. Yeah, well, they say that. See, you back then, football was a little bit like that, you know, where um, maybe uh, whoever was running it wasn't as strong, um, because certainly even the referee should have just went right all off, you know. But see, he would have known the importance of the game for both teams. Because Derby, as I said, needed a result. We needed to win the game. Um, so that would have probably been well-known going into it. Um, and, you know, they, they, they were never going to change their decision in their favour. So we, we sort of knew that. But I quite understand Robert Wilson's uh, you know, point of view as far as, you know, for a lot of players, you know, that could have been a golden moment. You know, you get into the top division, you know, you're playing well there, you're, 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 you know, you're scoring goals. Who knows, you know, you might have kept the tournament in the division for a few years, you might have got a move to another top division back, uh, team back then. So I can understand, you know, a lot of players and have a lot of sympathy with them, you know, that they, uh, that, that didn't help. Look at we lost Tony Gale on the strength of that, you know, Gary went to West Ham. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a reason if you don't move up, then, you know, you're, your other players are going to start um, moving the other way. And I've been in teams where you just miss out in promotion and the next season becomes even more difficult and hence what's happened to Fulham this season. You know, being so close last year and then to see the mission <laughs> difference is incredible. Do you think that was the beginning of the end for your team then? Do you think that the team started to be dismantled then after that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think a lot of people lost not, I would say there's a few people lost a bit of confidence. You know, I, I think it, it affected a lot of us in many respects. Um, you know, you're so close to the promised land. The promised land is the top division, and that's where you want to play. You want to play the the, the very pinnacle, the very best, in whatever league you're in. You know, in whatever country you're playing in, you want to play at the highest level. And the highest level back then was in the English first division, and that's where we wanted to be. Um, and to be so close. <laughs> And then taken away from me, you know, it's very difficult. And, you know, um, 
mentally this next season can be very very tough yeah yeah um what about best player in your, in, your, in in your time at Fulham other than you, you because i think i think you you were the best player in that team so other than who was the best player you played with at Fulham well listen i i, I love playing with uh, Lockie at left back Lockie and i had a great understanding Lockie was a footballer you know he had a great footballer brain uh, likewise with Gailey you know Gailey uh, would be on the same wavelength as as myself um, Dean Coney as I say was a great target man you know he wasn't the tallest but he was decent in the air but he always showed up you know he always you know for me he's a wide player coming in he was always available you know playing to see to get it back and then Gordon was a you know, fantastic finisher I, I mean I would hate to leave it I mean Willow was one of the best uh, you know attacking midfielders you know, if you think of Frank Lampard over the last few years, Willow used to do that. You know, break into the box, good timer uh, of the run. You know, always available in there. Ray Lewis, I said earlier. You know, the leader from midfield was exceptional. Never shirked a challenge, Lou. Never. No matter how big the, the opponent was, I mean, he was phenomenal. Um, and not shot on the on the right. You know, up and down, did everything. So, you know, I. I'd be loath to pick out anyone, to be honest, because they were a great group. You know, and, and it's hard, really. You know, to, I wouldn't like to leave anyone out. I don't know if you left out Poppy there in Park. But, you know, they were uh, just a great bunch of lads to play football. Do, do any of them get close to your 11 of your entire career? Because obviously you've played with some very, very good players. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem. You know, when you've played with, say, like John Barnes. Yeah. yeah. Played with Roy Keane and you played with Liam Brady. You know you're you're talking about uh, Liam Brady's. You look at what he did over in Italy. You know and the trophies they won and how adored he is over there. You know it's hard to put Matildas in there when you've played with them and you've played with Ronnie Whelan who's won you know every medal there is and he's won them two or three times over. You know um, it's only when you step up and the lads understand that when you step up that you know uh, the top teams as Liverpool were. I mean, we played great football at, uh, at at Fulham, but playing at Liverpool with them players, you know, was another level up. And I think that would be the would be the weak link in that team, you know, if you know what I mean. They would be like, they would be so used. Well, I'd be so used to getting the ball with other clubs that I played there. I'd go there and I'd be the one that's giving them the ball. You know, they were all so so supremely talented. Um, but Fulham, I've got so much uh, to thank them for. Because West Ham gave me my start to, to become a professional, but to give me the opportunity to play first team football was down to Fulham. So that's what I owe them. And, and so, so do you class Liverpool and, and Fulham as your favourite clubs when you look, look back at your career? I'm, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit like they're all my favourites. You know, wherever I've been, I've, I've had you know relative success, and, and that's what I enjoy. You know, so it's it's every club I've been at. There's been a story to be told. You know, there's yeah. something that they've done that's helped me along the way. You know, like if I went through them, West Ham gave me my start, Fulham gave me my first opportunity, Oxford gave me my first trophy. You know, and then I played for the biggest club in, in the world, if you like, Liverpool. And then obviously you're now moving down. Aston Villa gave me that opportunity after that. You know, um, I did. The only reason I asked was because when we played Reading in the playoffs. Um, I wasn't able to go to the second leg, so I was on my way home from work, rushing for kickoff, and I heard you on Talksport. I think you were doing the second leg. Yeah, 
uh, and they asked you, you know, you know where you're, um, who you was rooting for, um, because you play for both teams. Yeah. And because you play for Reading as well. Yeah. And you made it very clear that you 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 wanted Fulham to win. I thought. Well, I, I would have wanted Fulham to win for a majority of reasons because I like teams that play good football, <laughs> and I think they play. You know, I like the way that they play. Um, so that would have been an, another plus for it as well. Yeah, of course. You know, they gave me my first. You know, start playing first team football. That's something you'll never forget, and they'll always have a major part in my footballing career. You know. And, of course, as I said, so much to thank them for what they uh, what they done. Yeah. Um, before we move on to Liverpool, um, was you there when Ray Har- Harford um, took charge? At, at Fulham? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. He may have been at the end. I remember Malcolm going through his um, with his problems, obviously, when he was um, you know, not changing when he left his, his wife and he was going with this other one thing or another I was there then and he was and I mean I left I left in 85 I went and I think Ray just taken over yeah that's why I asked because it was about the same sort of time I didn't know if you you missed each other I mean initially I was supposed to be going to after the my third season um, QPR came in for me so I was supposed to be going to QPR with Jim Smith Jim had just left Oxford to go to QPR and then uh, Jimmy commenced me, um, and then in the end, dear chairman didn't want to buy me. So I was at uh, a loose end, if you like. I knew I was leaving, but I didn't know where. And it was only then that um, I went to West Brom, we had a chat with the manager, and then Oxford came in, and I ended up going to Oxford. So, yeah, I think Ray was in charge of it, but I think he knew I was good. You know, they, they wanted the money as well, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> typical, typical Fulham, always a selling club. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was early clear at the time. Yeah. Um, what, what, what would he be classed as in in today's game? Would he be a head coach or a manager? Half Ray. Hey, Ray, Ray would be a uh, head coach. I didn't. Think, I, I, I personally don't think Ray liked the management side of it. Me, if I was being honest, I think Ray loved being on the training pitch with the players. That's where he came alive. That's where he was at his best. You know, I've I've plenty of chats with Ray when he was at, you know, we 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 uh, Kenny at uh, at Blackburn, you know, after that, and I was playing for Ireland. He'd come over and we did, you know, whatever, and spending just, you know, he's just a mind of information. You know, he, he just loved trying out things the opposition. You know, he loved that side of that. You know, how how as a coach today, how do I get my players, you know, ready to beat them? What do they do? What's their strength? How can I? You know, do something to uh, get the better of them today. And that's where he really was at his very, very best, and he was on the training ground. Fantastic coach. Yeah. Um, who who did you room with? Um, I'm trying to think back. I'm not. Can't even remember who it was. Um, I remember there was. I think it was Brownie and uh, and, and Ray Luber. Gailey used to ring up the hotel on a Friday and ask for a cot to be put in the room for Ray Luber instead of a bed. <laughs> That was always Gary's joke on a Friday. There would be like a, a big bed in a little baby's cot. <laughs> so he's just screaming, because Gary had uh, done it again. Um, I'm not sure. I think it might have been Willow at one stage. Um, uh, I'm not, I can't even remember. It's that long ago. Um, I can't remember. But it, it would have been anyone. It didn't matter. You 
Yeah. Do you, do you have any, like, funny stories? Well, we had one, because Malcolm always thought he was a bit of a, you know, like, a, an intellect, and we used to have a tactic board in the in the home dressing room, uh, and when we'd be playing at home on a Friday, we'd be going through the team, um, and we would have, like, uh, little mag- magnetic counters, so, so they'd be just circular things with numbers on them, so Malcolm would be going through the team, and Gailey would have taken the magnetic strip off of uh, number four from the home team and number seven from the away team. And Malcolm couldn't work out why he wouldn't stick to the board. And he would be running around after it as it had fallen off the board, uh, be chasing it. And we'd all be just sitting there, like smirking to each other, because we knew the game that Gailey was playing. And Malcolm all season couldn't work it out with the strip. <laughs> well, so this happened every game? It happened every home game, yeah. And Gailey would just <laughs> the numbers. But, he would just take it off, like, number four one week, then number two, then number three, then number three. <laughs> and Malcolm would be trying to stick it to the board, it would just fall off the board because there was nothing there to, you know, magnetise it, so it would just be falling off. Uh, and Malcolm would be chasing that. Even Ray Harford was in there with a joke that Ray just couldn't believe that Malcolm was falling for this every second week when we were playing it off. Did anyone ever explain it to him? In the end, we had to, yeah, because it was getting rather, uh, it was getting rather silly, you know, <laughs> He couldn't work out. <laughs> uh, he, for, for such an intellect, uh, yeah, he, was, uh, he, was, uh, he didn't have that much common sense at times, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, what, what, what does Craven Cottage mean to you? Like, Obviously, I, I, I introduced myself to you a few months back at the game. You was, you was in the press box. Do you like coming back? Oh, I love it, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny, you know, because... Uh, um, I've got memories of coming out um, and the bar, the Riverside Bar over there, that's where my family used to go in. And they, they loved it more than me because, you know, they, they couldn't believe, you know, how well they were treated when they were going over to games and all that, you know. So they would be in there and they would, you know, I'd be obviously coming out before the game waving at them. And sometimes they weren't even there, they were still in the bar. They would love it. They couldn't get enough of it. And when I moved, they were gutted, you know, <laughs> they were absolutely distraught. They would move from Fulham because they were having such a good time. It's a great place to go and play your football. You know, it was a lovely spot, wasn't it? You know, I remember coming in and I, a lot of times early on I would be coming over on the train, you know, coming up and walking through the park, you know, a couple of hours and a half before kick-off. You know, it's just a beautiful place to go and play football. And, um, you know, the cottage itself, you remember having Malcolm having a champagne and gifts in there uh, at Christmas. You know, it would be one of the little things that we would have done. You would have had a little get-together up in the cottage, um, going up there to try to get new contracts out of them, which was always very difficult. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a lovely place to play football. And obviously you played at Anfield as well. It was a place to park. You know, you couldn't get parked around here. That used to be... <laughs> How you couldn't... Yeah, yeah. You couldn't get parked. There was no, like, school there, as there is now, where you can go and, you know, park up and then a bus could bring the players over. Back then... You know, you would be driving around all the uh, different side streets trying to find a place to park before the kickoff, which uh, used to be quite funny. Didn't yeah, did, did you park in the school opposite? No, 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 you'd have to find, I mean, normally we would just find a place out in the street. You'd be parking, driving around, you know, trying to find uh, a spare. Oh, you got no chance of that now on match days. No, no, that's what I'm saying. You got me, I'm, these are other men were going even, like, you know, up to the main road and then over towards the park on the left. 
and parking away down there and then running down the road to get in in time for, you know, the team top. Uh, it, it was quite, quite mad. You got more chance of parking a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah. Obviously, you played at Anfield as well, which is a special, special atmosphere, especially um, after Hillsborough with the scarves and and the song. Um, how, you know, how how does Liverpool as a club compare to Fulham? You know, obviously a massive club, but but in terms of the family sort of side of it, were they similar in their 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 ethics? Yeah, actually, oh, absolutely. That's one of the things. I mean, you've got to remember back when I was playing. I mean, the owners of clubs were normally like the individual, like Ernie Clay. You know, Ernie didn't have the finances of modern the uh, owners, and it was the same at Liverpool. So John Smith was the the chairman, but so John was very, uh, you know, discreet. You didn't really hear a great deal about um You know, it was a board of directors that run Liverpool. You didn't hear anything from them. Peter Robinson was the chief executive secretary. He was he was the one that sort of ran everything. Um, I mean, we didn't have a full-time physio at Liverpool. He was only part-time for a massive club like that. Um, you know, the, the fans were very much like the Fulham fans, loved the club, you know, wanted to be around the players. You know, the players were everything to them. And the players were very much like the lads at Fulham, you know, had to go lucky bunch, uh, no uh, prima donnas. Everyone worked hard, done their job, you know, competed, loved the football, and it was a joy to play. Yeah, and obviously it wasn't wasn't just Liverpool. Uh, you had a lot of success with it. Was Ireland as well? That famous goal that you scored. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't score many. I got six in my international career, but I mean, all of them were in uh, competitive games. I, mean, I didn't score in a friendly, um, so they're all pretty big. None more so than obviously England in '88 and '94 against Italy at the World Cup. So you know, they're the things you can remember when you look back in your career. You look at you know, the good times you had, the fun times that you had, but also, you know, what success did you have in getting to the quarterfinals of the World Cup in uh, 1990, first time we'd ever been there. Was, yeah, that was unbelievable, for a small nation like Ireland. Um, so to be part of that, part of 88, part of 90, part of 94, was a, you know, it was a really great time to be a Republic of Ireland player because we were qualifying for tournaments and going to these big, arenas and big venues and you know being part of this uh, media circus if you like back then it was, uh, it was fantastic what, why why did you pick Ireland over Scotland because you, you you were born in Scotland it's, it's fairly easy <laughs> I've often asked this one it's as if I had a choice to do but Scotland never came in to me Scotland never asked me to play for them. and even when they knew I mean it wasn't as if you know when Ireland came in to me it would be Jack Charlton he was put out there that player who was Scottish, who had, uh, his dad was Irish, um, was, was under consideration for the Republic of Ireland team, so it was easy for Scotland to come in then and say, oh, by the way, you know, we were thinking about bringing you into our squad or whatever, but they never did, so it made the decision, decision much easier. But, but, but when when did you, when was this, like, was this your Liverpool days, when did you make your debut? No, for no, I was, uh, this, this was when I was at Oxford, I was in the, uh, the semi-final of the Milk Cup. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oxford was in the semi-final. We played Aston Villa in the first leg at uh, Villa Park. So it wasn't as if I wasn't on the radar. You know, it wasn't as if I was not done, not doing something that you know that the 
they shouldn't be looking at. I mean, I was in the semi-final of a major tournament in the English League. So, it's, you know, you don't get there by just good fortune alone. You know, you have to do something right. Um, so no one had been looking at me. No one had got had been in contact with me to say anything. So um, that was where Jack had come to watch John Aldridge and doing, you know, during the game and afterwards he found out that uh, I could qualify through my dad. Um, and then he asked me straight away. He couldn't believe he's looking but I'd love you to come and join us. Well, my Italian, and, and if England didn't want me, I, I would be just as honoured to play for Italy. So it must have still been a great honour for you to represent oh, you. Yeah, Ireland. I mean, I mean, my dad is absolutely beside himself because obviously, yeah, you know, he was delighted that I made that choice, and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made because I was at Oxford at the time. It put me in the shop window, um, and not too long after that, I moved to Liverpool. So there must have been something in it. So you think you think playing for Ireland helped get you on the map for Liverpool to notice you? Yeah, yeah, that's what back then it did. It was massive. Not so much now because you know, again, someone's international team. Most people know who you are for a long way back. You know, uh, that's all changing now. You know, we I know that with the Republic of Ireland, we know virtually every underage player. Uh, know what their background is. You know, if they've got any uh, ancestry as far as Ireland's concerned. So they would have a, a real catalogue of names uh, who they look into, whereas that probably wasn't happening then. You know, that wasn't really so relevant. Um, but certainly that's changed, and you know, um, getting the opportunity um, was, was precious for me, and it really helped my career. I'm going to ask you a really, really difficult question now. Mm. No, I, don't, I, I reckon you're going to sit on the fence. What is the best moment of your career? Just one moment. One moment. Um, I think there's lots, but the one I would choose would, would probably be um, my goal for Oxford. Um, and the reason being is when you draw, when you're growing up, you want to get, you want to be a professional footballer, you want to get into someone's first team, but you want to play in a cup final and you want to score. Um, so going to Wembley for the first time playing in that cup final for Oxford uh, was... Well, when we had 37,000 fans there that day, I think our average gate that season was about 12,000. And, you know, all of a sudden we found all these new fans that all wanted to be there for the day. And that was a special moment, yeah. Oh, no, nice. i I got to be honest, I thought it was between Ireland and Liverpool, so I'm, I'm, I think that's a nice answer. Yeah, I mean, being in Liverpool, obviously, it was a step, that was the next stepping stone from Oxford, but... You know, you're, 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 you're fortunate to play Wembley once, you know. Yeah. More than once, you've, you know, you've done very well. But your first time there, uh, for a little club like Oxford, um, who that season, there was nothing on us, you know, no one, everyone expected us to get relegated, no one thought we would do well. But to get the final score, um, and also, it was against the team that rejected me, because uh, Oxford that season, uh, I should have went to QPR, but then their chairman didn't want to buy me. So, me scoring, playing against them, and then being able to stick two fingers up to them to say, this is what you lost out on. Yeah. A lot of satisfaction in that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Uh, going back to, to Fulham quickly, how, how do you think that, that promotion team, well, well not, not, not the, the, the team that almost got promoted, I mean, yeah. um, Malcolm Madonna's team, how do you think they would have fared in today's championship? Oh, yeah, we would have done 
yeah, we've done a great. I don't think there's been a lot of difference in the championship over the years, to be honest. Well, the standard. It's very competitive, isn't it? Sorry? It's a very competitive division. I've really enjoyed it. I've I've watched a few games. I've seen uh, Fulham's opener against Norwich, which I was really impressed with. I thought it was a really good game of football for for an hour. And he carried a little bit after that. But I thought, yeah, very good. I've seen Fulham play at uh, Wills uh, when they lost recently. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) Yeah, well, they're just playing in the wrong area. I'm all for passing the ball I love teams that try to get the ball down and play but you've got to have a, a balance and uh, yeah. I don't think you should be playing out of and they're still trying to do it hence the reason why um, they're giving up chances and giving up opportunities but delighted then to see them go to Sheffield United and win that was a big result massive result 5-4 it was huge and hopefully that will give them a, a confidence boost for the remaining part of the season that they can you know uh, start climbing the league but, I mean, I've been usually, I was at Cardiff the weekend, or Cardiff's win against Nottingham Forest, and Cardiff, just a very solid team, you know, discipline, defend properly, the work rate's phenomenal. I mean, they haven't got any real star players, but, you know, they're getting the job done, and the team that's really excelled here of what has been Wolves. You know, I think they've uh, got a really good blend of defending and attacking. You know, I think they're front three, Cavallero, Bonatini and, and Jota in particular. Jota's only 20. He's, uh, you know, he's far too good for that big. He should be playing in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I think they're going to run away with it. I think, I think second place is up for grabs. If you can go on a run. I mean, I think there's a few Obviously, Sheffield United are up there. Villa will come with a run. Yeah. Uh, I think, obviously, Cardiff's up there. I'm not sure. I think Cardiff would be hard to break down. I don't see them scoring too many goals. Um, I, I think that might be their undoing come the end of the season but it'll be very difficult I think if Wills can keep them all fit uh, and I think they've got good depth they've got Elder Costas can get a game at the minute they're all skipper back he's not in the team there's another lad I think Miranda another centre-half not getting a chance uh, they've got plenty of uh, players in midfield as well uh, and Dye not getting a game and one or two others they've got the strongest squad uh, with the best I mean, look at my old club, Reading, another one. Look how close they got to promotion last season and how bad they are this year. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, well, I see, that can happen when you, you know, you start feeling sorry for yourself. You think, oh, we should have been or could have been, you know, playing in yeah. the Premier League. And the following season, it just doesn't work out. And that's what happened with us all them years ago, Fulham. Well, I'll, I'll get over it eventually, but at the moment, I absolutely hate Reading. I mean, they're... they're because of the playoffs, they, like you said, you're lucky to see your team at Wembley once or play at Wembley once. Yeah, I'm still waiting, and and I really did think that was going to be the the moment. So. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, Fulham had all the chances. Back yeah, these or I mean, how many more did you need? You know, that was the thing when I was watching. I could have seen the both the games, and I was uh, <laughs> couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, God, someone's got to take a, an opportunity soon. You can't keep missing these chances, you know, or else uh, you are going to come unstuck. So. Well, I, I think that Reading team would have been one of the worst teams I've ever seen being promoted to the Premier League. They Honestly, they they were that bad, I thought. Obviously, you got to stay mutual, but um, I couldn't believe they beat us. Just couldn't believe it. The frustration over, over the two games, isn't it, where you know, you've got your chance to, to work your magic and you don't quite do it. And you're, afterwards, you know, as fans, as players, you know, you're, you're thinking and thinking, 
what could we have done different? What was what was the missing link? And you're forever. What Wilson will tell you, you know, you're forever, you know, thinking to yourself, what could have been, you know. Yeah. Fulham definitely up against Huddersfield in the final. You know, I mean, Huddersfield were there for the taking in the final. Britain just weren't good enough. Uh, but I think Fulham had got there with the players that they had, and that environment, that pitch, that stadium, they were suited their style of play for the final. I mean the way the way you analyse things and talk about it, you can see what you do for a living. <laughs> You're really good at it. Um, when when I've listened to you um, commentating on on Republic of Ireland particularly, uh, and when they're doing bad, you seem like you you're biting your tongue. Is it is it quite frustrating not be like sit, sitting sitting there? As a as a professional commentator, but let's be honest, you're a fan as well. So is it um, is it yeah, quite hard? No, it's not because it's really it's hard to watch. Partly watch the team not doing well, um, and it's also hard in the sense that you've got to be impartial as best you can. I think the best way to approach um, anything you're an interview, uh, whether you're doing commentary, call commentary, whatever it may be, is to be as honest as you can. You know, I think once you start. Uh, deflecting things or you know maybe siding with your team even when things aren't going well then you're not being true so yeah. I think that's always usually important you've got to be honest what you've got to do afterwards and it's the same how I played football after the game I would analyse my performance and I would say yep yeah, I did that well I did that well didn't do that so well how can I improve upon that and I think you've got to do that whatever walk away people go into and that's I hear it so often now is uh, you know players want to be mollycoddled they don't want to be told that they've done things wrong but surely from doing that and exploring what you've done wrong that you'll find out how to improve because if you keep believing the hype and keep, keep believing the nonsense that's said about it you'll never get any better because you don't know what's right and what's wrong you've got to know what is you know you've got to be honest with yourself and say right you know how did my team play today were they good enough no, why weren't they good enough? And then you give that opinion. I think once you start fudging it and you start making excuses and you're not really being true, you might get more work, you know, because people might like it a little bit more. But I think if you're going to be doing it properly and when you walk away and put your head on the pillow at the end of the night, you've got to be honest. You've got to be brutally honest. I think that's a good way to end it. I've just got one question to ask her. Pie or pasty? Oh, pie. I used to eat Scottish pies. Scottish pie. I don't know what a Scottish pie is. What, what is that? Is it what filling is that? It's a little. It's a little uh, pie. It's a little round pie, uh, which is uh, predominantly eaten in, in, in Scotland. Where I used to eat in Glasgow. And funny enough, Kenny Douglas used to get them put in on a Friday. So before we would travel to uh, matches for our away games, uh, we would have jock pies, as they're called. It's a little mince pie, and you'd either have beans or peas with it. Uh, and all the players, particularly the, the Scottish contingent up there, would sit down on the Friday after training at the ground and we'd have Scotch pies and beans apiece. Oh, right. Okay. I'll have to try it. You should. You should. It's a bit like you, you get uh, you get square sausages. Yeah. Right, so that's like, you know, like you get normally sausages in a you know, rolled up, uh, like a finger size, isn't it? Or shape. Yeah, yeah. They're actually square. They're called square sausages, and uh, you either love them or you hate them. It's a bit like a jock pie. You either love it or you hate it. 
my 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 nan was my great nan was Scottish, and right. it 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 rings a bell. Now you've said square sausage, yeah. it it rings a bell. So I'll have to I'll have to but ask my dad. Oh, I'll definitely do that. And and when when you next at the cottage, because I'll come over and say hello. Well, hopefully um, this season, um, Topsport are doing quite a number of uh, championship games this season. I've been to a few, as I said. Uh, I was up at Leeds the other week when they played Middlesbrough as well. So I've done quite a lot this season of uh, championship games, and I've really enjoyed it. Actually, I've enjoyed it a bit more than the yeah, well, as as a fan, I I much prefer it. I mean, obviously, I want them to get back to the Premier League, but I I just I don't know. I I think it's it's more of a level playing field, you know. It's... And, 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 yeah, I totally agree. I I understand totally where you're coming with from with that. Um, but also, I don't know. Just the fans to me are, are a little bit different as well. I think they're old school. The fans. Yeah, it's it's less touristy. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. it feels like they're going. To support their club rather than to watch the opposition. And it's, yeah, and it's not just people who've got you know a, a fair bit of money to go and watch matches so they can afford to go. Yeah. These are your ardent fans who just love their club and go along, you know. And it's their you know release, if you like, from work is to go and watch their team uh, and they thoroughly enjoy it, you know. Well, I mean, Ray, you don't need me to tell you that you're welcome back at Fulham any time, and and I can't wait to. To see you again, to say hello. Honestly, I. Well, I'm lo- really looking forward to it. I think Les Strong has said to me that he works one of the lounges, uh, and uh, when I go back, I've got to go and see him, and I'll probably tell him to take the nick out of me for uh, another 20 minutes, which he normally does every time <laughs> I see him. Well, he's he's my next one. I'm doing I'm doing one with him on the 8th of December, so can't wait for that. <laughs> you're listening. You, you'll be. He's got the the dry sense of humour that you've come across. One funny lad, and uh, do you know what? He's got lots and lots of stories. Ask him about the Rodney Marsh one. Uh, I'm sure that's one of his favourite ones. He tells when we go on any of our outings uh, when he was playing at uh, at Fulham with Rodney. All right, I'll, I'll make sure I ask you. Yeah, you do that. Right, right. Honestly, it's been an honour to speak to you. You're 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 such a big name in football, and and you're such a gentleman as well. I can't thank you enough. Really enjoyed it. All right, thank you. Take care. All right. Oh, all the best. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Ray Houghton there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Ray for taking the time to speak to me, and I wish him all the best in the future with his career as a pundit. Please follow us on social media for updates when the next Q&A will be released. There's plenty more to come, and the best way for info is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until then, my name's Danny Boyer. Really hope you enjoyed this one. And thank you very much for listening.